this episode of The Full Nerd, AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA talk, Asus motherboard recall, and your questions answered. First take, nice. Welcome to episode 226 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brett Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yee is here after her epic build from yesterday. Please check that out. I'm sleepy. <laughs> and Anna Patrick Murray is <laughs> controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, we're here. Welcome, everybody. This is The Full Nerd. Thank you. Thanks for joining on a Tuesday. I know it's or Thursday, not, not our usual Tuesday, but uh, it's... <laughs> It's, it's still fun, uh, uh, Brad. Uh, I have uh, I have a gift for you at the top of the show. Would, would you Would you like to see it? I do, but I can't see your window, so I you, won't actually you can't, see it. You can't show. see me. No, I can't. No, I can't. You're gonna have to watch the stream like three second delay. Oh. <laughs> I'll open it up on YouTube. <laughs> well, okay. All right, yeah, like- open it on YouTube. Uh, for some reason, I thought I was sharing my webcam. Yeah, yeah, you are. It's just the way it cuts off in Teams. Twitch might be the faster one, like a second less of a delay. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, we're good. All right. Uh, so this uh, this package comes in from uh, VC Jester, a friend of the show, VC Jester, uh, to uh, to to Brad. He sent it to me so we could un- un- unwrap it here on-, on the stream, and then he sent it, and then I- I'm going to send it to you, Brad. So let's let's see right. let's see what this is. He I, I know he's working on. It. Hopefully, ho- he said hopefully it's good. He doesn't know the quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what the... This is... Alright, Brad. <laughs> it looks like it's the shape of Texas. Uh, the And it's a pillow of <laughs> Superman with your face on it. Uh, yes, wow, okay. Is like a body pillow? I, no, it's, it's, not, it's not a full-size body pillow, but it, it is in, in some sort of shrink wrap. But look, man, this this face of uh, the Brad, let's get, get this on the, the I camera. I love it. Uh, <laughs> that is that is hilarious. I oh. I, I didn't ex- expect it to be like a cutout. I thought it was just going to be like a square pillow. Um, <laughs> this is this is hilarious. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. The, oh. And the Superman body. You're you're flying through the, the through the air. <laughs> I, I actually have a Superman tattoo on my right shoulder. So <laughs> there you go. Well, thank, thank you, BC Jester. So Brad, I'm I'm going to ship this out to you, uh, and you get to oh, you get to lay your head on I'm on your own pillow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is hilarious. Uh, and yeah, it is vacuum sealed. I'm I'm not going to unvacuum it because then you'll get the uh, the dirty uh, California air. Uh, well, oh, I'll leave it sealed for maximum value. There we you go. Talking maximum about, value. Right? Put it. Oh. Put it. Put it in the uh, <laughs> closet, right? With your with your Nerf guns. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, thank you, BC Jester. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Uh, well, you, you know what else we love? Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep. I'm going to keep Brad on my lap right here. It's going to be like a little Brad kid, not, just like sitting on my that lap. That sounded HR like issue. something yeah. for HR for a second. <laughs> no, he's just like a little little kid, little kid sitting on my lap. Um, anyway, uh, we have oh, that's awesome. We have uh, incoming PC hardware uh, that that we should talk about, Gordon. Yeah. Do we want to talk about actual like stated public? disclosures or should we start off the things that people care about which is unconfirmed well we, we shouldn't we shouldn't break any ndas if that's what you mean no i don't mean that but i i mean because uh, you know earlier this week until uh there's hot chips is basically it's really pretty interesting because hot chips is an, very much an industry event uh, you used to go there in person there'd be the rooms would be fairly small i haven't been in one actually physically in in a long long time but they were fairly small 
companies would do presentations. And so it was virtual again this year. And, you know, Intel and NVIDIA and all these companies do their presentations. And then they do like, oh, so we have questions. It was, it was, you were invited to a private Slack channel to talk about it. I mean, you know, not public. And, <laughs> you know, typically I'm used to like, so, you know, company makes presentation. We have a question from, we have a question from Dr. Ian Cutchers. We have a, <laughs> it's, it's always actually, from Ian Cutchers. We have seven questions from Dr. Ian Cutchers. <laughs> he will use every single question there is. And then you'll get, you know, you'll get Charlie from Semi-Accurate. You know, then, you know, Gordon will ask something dumb like, well, what color is the box? <laughs> this one, the weird thing is, so it is so industry focused that like in, Intel will do their presentation on Meteor Lake. And then the question is like, so and so from Google, so and so from Nvidia, so and so from like Qualcomm. It's like this is really weird. Like, why are you know? And that it just kind of gives you an idea of these are basically um, they're c- competitors, but they are essentially the engineers that do this. It's it's almost like um, it's almost like a hardware club. Like like hmm. yeah. they get together, it's, it's awesome. they show it off, then they ask questions from each other, and I'm sure they they still don't violate any kind of just any uh, they don't release anything they they don't want to give their to their competitors but they just simply talk about it because oftentimes it is very forward looking um and just it just kind of is like a lot of times it's just to show off like hey look we're doing this check it out and then other competitors have questions i'm still a little confused like why that's good for some of these companies because you would think they'd want to hold it to the last minute and then you know bust it out on people but it's just very interesting that they're talking about this in such a in such a nice way because the questions aren't like they're not all like i don't know I, I they're not the questions you would get honestly if it were done on a live youtube stream where there's five thousand no. people <laughs> and, and the questions would be like well why are why aren't you selling this for two dollars you know you're just <laughs> and what about this thing you did in 1982 why aren't you talking <laughs> you know, because it really is very much the talk about engineering and the and the and these the stuff that is surrounding the design of it. So it's a, it's a pretty cool event. So do we want to talk yeah. about actual stuff or do we just want to talk about? Hey, the- let's throw it all in there. You know, let's, let's start with let's start with hot chips. You're, you're talking about hot, hot chips. So what, what did we learn from hot chips? Uh, for hot hot chips, unfortunately, I had to check out because you know they they do this at a wonderful time of five p.m. Uh, Pacific when they did their actual presentation. I did listen to an audio. It wasn't the greatest audio, but Intel did release some of the slides from it. And they're basically saying, hey, you know, we know for people who don't know, Raptor Lake is coming uh, later this year, 13th gen. It's basically, you know, Alder Lake plus plus better, right? More, more of Alder Mm -hmm. Lake, other stuff. Um, Still a model. TikTok, you could say. You could say it's TikTok. It's still, but it still is very much. a monolithic design, which is just one big ass die stamped out. Uh, the what Intel has been working on, and they highlight this in the presentations. We have been on this march toward, you know, they would call it disaggregation, disaggregated away from monolithic designs for a long, long time. They actually would they would point out to KB Lake G, KB KB Lake. There's actually been quite a bit of. Uh, let's see if I can find a second look at my notes. There's actually been quite a few parts you could sort of say like well uh, they would say in that have been sort of here i mean the kb lake g lakefield of course was stacked and they do have ponte vecchio coming out someday i guess pretty soon which has got a, a crap load of tiles on it but they are essentially moving away from the classic intel monolithic die to 
you know, multi-chips. Of course, uh, you're going to get people who are going to say, oh, AMD's already doing this. But their approach is is pretty cool because one of the things uh, they they ask in the presentation is, well, they, they talk about some of the advantages of monolithic. Uh, performance is the highest on monolithic. Of course, I guess that would probably mean performance is highest for us. <laughs> yes. I guess because you could say, well, other people have multi-chips in their... So like for, you know, for, so we're assuming we're talking about Intel, I guess you're talking about monolithic versus disaggregated performance, uh, performance is highest on monolithic and it's generally lower on disaggregated. And then uh, flexibility is obviously very low in monolithic because, you know, you got this, you've baked a cake. You're not going to change out one part of that cake. It doesn't work that way. Disaggregated yep. where you're just basically adding a bunch of Legos to uh, a chip makes it a lot easier, more flexible. And then, um, Innovation pace, they say, is very slow per SOC because the entire thing, again, you make one thing, you've invested tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in making this damn thing. You're not going to like, oh, this suddenly changed course and do this other thing. It's very, very expensive. For disaggregated, it gives them uh, the ability to be much faster, uh, release per new function. Like, hey, let's just drop in, you know, uh, maybe a hardware hardware decode for this specific, like maybe they get a, a ProRes hardware decoder that they buy from Apple and drop in there, right? They can do that with yep. this aggregated. And then scale is very low on monolithic um, because obviously you got to make them perfect. It's you, you cannot sell imperfect monolithic dies as the same. You basically then have to like, oh, this cake is bad. We're going to cut off this part and sell it as a lower end cake, right? That kind of stuff. And disaggregation scale is much higher. And to me, the, the thing is like, those are sort of like uh, the Intel view of like the problems of monolithic versus disaggregated. And they're saying like, their big question is like, can you, can we get monolithic performance with disaggregated architecture benefits? And I guess they're basically saying, yeah, they're going to be able to get with Meteor Lake when it comes out. Um, Essentially, Intel levels of monolithic performance out of a disaggregated design so yeah one of the things that were interesting about this presentation i thought is a week or two ago three weeks ago i don't know i've been on vacation times a blur uh trend force came out and said that meteor lake might be delayed because they're here in tsmc's three nanometer process is uh being used for the gpu in meteor lakes gpu but uh as part of the hot chips presentations, they confirmed it's actually TSMC five nanometer. So there's no reason for that to delay Meteor Lake whatsoever. So that's good. It would have been terribly ironic if Intel starts adding TSMC parts to its CPUs and then immediately suffers a delay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do want to point out this information's out there. Um, it is out there from industry sources, as we will say. Uh, Meteor Lake is the graphics are N5. SOC is N6, the IO tile is N6, and the CPU tile is Intel 4. So when Meteor Lake launches, it's basically going to have a whole lot of TSMC in it. Uh, and then, of course, the CPU tile will be Intel. It's but, crazy how much TSMC is in there. It makes sense. It's still kind of eye-opening to see. Yeah, and I think it really sort of speaks to how Meteor Lake could be potentially really cool, especially for Intel, which, you know, again, has been monolithic for quite a while. Yeah, you got KB Lake G, you've got, you know, you had, you know, you had Lakefield, that kind of stuff. But they, they, both of those, KB Lake G and, and, and Lakefield, I, I'm sure if you added every single sale up, probably was under what, 
very, very low. I mean, low. it was very, very low. <laughs> I don't know anybody who has a KB Lake G laptop. I have. I know zero people who have a Lakefield based because remember they were using those very thin and light foldable tablets that were, yep. were out there, and it really didn't get. I would say it would be the furthest from ma- mainstream ever. So, <laughs> but it it does look like, and the other interesting is. That that's going to come out of it. That that's going to matter for consumers, for you know, nerds looking for like I'm going to do a build next year. Is Intel is saying Meteor Lake is booted up in the lab? It's running, and it yep. will scale. So they're saying one you know the very nice thing about uh, uh, with Meteor Lake uh, and actually simply disaggregated designs the way they're doing it, it will scale from under 10 watts to over 100 watts. So. It's it's going to look like it's going to go in most things. And the cool thing is they can basically swap out parts to make it better. It's it's essentially, you know, when they originally did uh, Lakefield, they actually sent out to everybody this little stack of Lego things, tiles that you can yep. put together. And, and it's probably the best way to understand that these are stacked parts and they're all connected using, you know, Fovros or, and the other sort of futuristic versions of Fovros and and I think there's yep. some UCIE they talked about from the conference, too. I'm going to be really interested to see what sort of exotic combinations it comes up with for the core lineup with that. Because, like, right now you got to have roughly the same, because it's all monolithic dies, using the same GPUs for everything. But what if they decide to do an APU competitor that really shrinks down the CPU tile but puts a big honking arc graphics core on there? Yeah, and I kind of wonder if it also messes with sort of the consumer cycles that we're so used to. We typically get, you know, you get sort of post-CES within first quarter, 1Q launches and 3Q launches. It feels like most of them sort of fall. Like, I bet if you added them all up, that's where they would always be. I wonder where that – wait, did I just – sorry, got a notice from my power company. Did they just cut the power? They just cut the power, man. Game over, man. Game over. I, but you know, if it can be so flexible, it feels like you're right. They can, like, you know, we're going to make a big ass APU version, or we're going to make this thing, we're just going to add a crap load of media cores and we're going to do our hyper, you know, multi encode thing where you have this part that's just simply made for content creators in a way. God, isn't that going to be like so? I feel like the, uh, the the Intel consumer lineup is already so confusing. Isn't that going to make it it even more confusing? Yeah, you'll have to explore new things with it, too. I mean, it, it could also impact everything from the simple branding because consumers have been conditioned for quite a while now, Core i3, Core i5, Core i7, you know, and then there's the stuff you you you're, you can only afford, X. Pentiums and Celerons, you know, like it's clearly those are the lousy brands. Do you, mm-hmm. do you break the segments out to more? Could there be like 10 different segments instead of just, you know, five yeah, different segments? They- there could be, but I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up sticking to the branding that we know. Just because they're moving Arc to mimic that exact same three, five, seven kind of thing. So regardless mm. of how they slice and dice these, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with that because people know what it is. Yeah, I mean, people are. But there could be new segments. But yeah. I kind of think I think this is. Uh, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. Okay, you should you should finish your thought. I think that this. Like, obviously, that's exciting for us as DIY PC builders, like, to see what exactly is going to come from this. But I think this is really interesting in the fact that Intel is building out its boundary services and saying, we'll build chips for people. We can mix and match. We can do all this kind of stuff. 
And Meteor Lake is 100% putting their money where their mouth is. They're like, we're even building our chips using this sort of technology, bringing in stuff from TSMC, bringing in stuff from all other places. So I think it plays into that big holistic picture they're trying to pitch over there for their business. Yeah. And, it, you know, this is the one thing I've always been told that seems to make sense. A lot of people think Intel is a company that makes, you know, processors and then the fab service of processors. Yeah, I've always been told that that interpretation is incorrect. It really is. Intel is a is a fab, a foundry company that happens to make also uh, CPUs, <laughs> right? Because the, the foundries are, are what brings home the bacon, I guess. And the CPUs are just sort of like the fun part. Maybe it's the waffle <laughs> or maybe it's the pancake. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. I, Interesting. Okay. Well, that thing, too, is I, it really does bring up a lot of questions like so if it's so flexible besides the fact that they could make really specialized parts do they then try to find a weakness of competitors and then jam themselves in there because they can take this part and and do this really really hyper optimized you know workload for consumers or for content creators where say apple is kicking butt or amd is kicking butt and they just jam themselves just as a part just to be disruptive with them where you know everybody apple and amd they've been had they've had great luck not great luck. They've had great. Uh, they've had. They've done a really good job. Inter, you know, disrupting Intel, as people like to say, just messing yep. with Intel, launching and sort of like they identify a core weakness of Intel, and they mess with them. Intel could potentially, I guess, with this, you know, I, yeah. like we can out efficiency your ass, Apple, and we can be faster, you know, and we may not necessarily, you know, beat our higher end parts, but we're just going to make this part just to simply, you know, kick your butt at the thing that you you say you're better than us, so. I think that the potential is there, but I think that without the like uh, nimbleness of AMD, uh, I don't know if that's really the disruption part would happen, right? Because, I mean, look at Arc, right? Like they had the potential to be hugely disruptive with their timing, but because they missed their timing, now they're kind of on their back foot. And I think that's the one weakness of Intel, which is that they're such a large corporation. I think, you know, just by nature, when you have a large corp, things move slower. And so unless they can also move quickly with those products, like, yeah, if they had the capacity to make it, that's awesome. And I think that has a lot of potential. But unless they can move it quickly or actually, uh, for lack of a better word, inject it into the right spaces at the right times, I think it'd be really difficult for them to make headway with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and also, I, I think I think missed timing is probably a little bit of an understatement. I think what Intel did with Arc would be the equivalent of, say, the movie where that person's you know, at the train station and you're like, you got there too late and you're like, no problem. We'll just wait. And then it gets to about midnight and they're still standing at the train station and then the lights just shut off. And then the person, you know, like there's nobody there. They're just standing in the darkness with this suitcase marked arc. Like, like where's the train? And they really, I mean, really just kind of like, that's how much they have missed their mark and the expectations. Right. No, I mean, to be honest, I mean, honestly, I'm being kind. Like, because people would say a lot more worse things. It doesn't mean they may not punch you in the face, but this is the kindness. Maybe they'll still arrive. And I do, you know, again, I still, there's really some exciting aspects to it, but like, God, I mean, we've been talking about this for so long. I mean, I'm pretty much like, I mean, and honestly, that's the other thing too. It's like, wow, Meteor Lake, like, wow, this is really cool. This is all these incredible, insane you know, possibilities they could do, they could be disruptive, they can scale this, they can, you know, all the, uh, 
But uh, to me, I'm at the point where I have to see it to believe it, right? Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they have it up and running in the lab, but I've heard that many times before. But it's like, it's got to be so imminent that I want to see it, you know, because the execution has been not the greatest. Alder Lake, again, the reason why I loved Alder Lake is because it was an incredible comeback story. But I really have to see, like, like, this sounds really, really complicated. There's a lot of moving parts involved. How is this going to be less less disappointing than all the other all the other transitions, right? I mean, fourteen yeah. nanometer was like that was like the same thing, standing at the train station for forever. And then like <laughs> ten nanometer, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. No, that last train <laughs> left. You're coming. You're like, oh, one's it's then the one the next one coming. Uh the next one is in three days. You know, that's because that's how train trains operate in the United States, people. <laughs> People in the rest of the world, that's how our trains operate for passengers. Well, we got a, a $2 super chat from uh, John Doe KCK. Uh, thank you so much, a friend of the show. Said uh, John's, or John, Gordon's hot <laughs> hot train take is 100%. Because yeah. it just, it just, because you can just see the movie scene, Adam. You just uh, like, you can. I'm, it's, this isn't, it's this, like, it probably f- like film noir, you know, so monochrome, you know. But also, what aspect film ratio film would it be? Yeah. Probably like um, Panavision, some no, kind of weird... No, no, I, I, I would go four by three, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a, a made for TV kind of movie. Well, and the thing is, it would be, the thing is, it'd be like, and then the train would be like, Ark would be standing. I'm sorry. We had Tom. We had Ryan on, but like, they'd be like, oh, here comes the train. Thank God. The train would get there. It would pull in. It's in black and white. And then you chuff, chuff. And then you'd see all the steam because it'd be a steam train. And then, <laughs> like, oh my God, I saw I'm ready to get. And then, it's like, what are you doing? And then they get off. They get like, yeah, well, we're just going to park this. We'll be back here in about two days. Because we, you know, like, oh, because that's just the perfect movie scene. Because it's just like, where the hell are these damn things? Uh, well, hey, I, I have an ARC uh, A380 uh, being delivered today. They're here. They, yeah. They yeah. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. Being, not here, but at, at my home. So I uh, have still never been offered one per review, which is really weird. Mm. No, I don't think it's weird because because, <laughs> you know, I think clearly 380 was the weird thing is if you and I, I kind of thought about this. We were talking about like because Foveros, I don't know how many of those shipped 5000 maybe. I mean, I swear to God, yeah. like 5000. And then how many actual uh, I mean, I'm talking about Lakefield and then uh, KB Lake G 90,000. If that, I'm sure yep. it was under a hundred thousand on KB Lake G. It just feels like it. I mean, it must yep. have been more, right? But I, I don't know, frankly, because there were only three manufacturers that ever took it, and they never made it any on the higher power ones. It was in Intel's own nooks. So, I mean, it feels like a, maybe 100k for KB Lake G, and and less than 10,000 yep. if we're lucky on on Lakefield. Like, why the, why even bother with those numbers? But it's weird. You got, you, you got to do that to prove the technology out and it lets them get to this point. Or does and it, you have to put it out to meet stakeholder expectations. Intel <laughs> does that a lot. I know, but sometimes you just think like, is that we just got to sell something? Somebody's like, you know what? We got these damn things. I don't want to lose 100% of this. Let's only, you know, <laughs> let's, we're going to lose $100 million. If we could only lose $80 million, let's, let's do it, right? I mean, is that? Well, well, I look at it, those as stepping stones to this is the way I kind of look more at it. Like if Lakefield didn't ship, it could be like G didn't ship. They wouldn't have the functional experience and like the having people actually using this, even if it is a hundred thousand people or less, 
out in the world using it, shipping drivers for that, seeing where the quirks are. Like, that's valuable, even if it's not high volume. That's true. It is very true because they got out there. They It was a proof of concept. And people at the time were really like, oh, my God, this is Intel with AMD Radeon inside. And it was yeah. real. And actually, it was a very decent part for what it was. Yep. NVIDIA clearly outmaneuvered them because I will tell you, <laughs> NVIDIA clearly, clearly outmaneuvered Intel at, at uh, on KB Lake G and, and stopped it from getting any further, I think. But yeah, I at the same time, they really, they did it. It was a big deal. Got a lot of press. So it is worth it. You're right that you can't you can't you can't downplay that. But I kind of think like a three eighty is the same thing. It's like we'll push it out anyway. But you got to get something out. Yeah. But I just yep, feel like along the way you just eat a lot of bad press because Lakefield didn't get people. You know there was a lot of buildup for that, and it was like oh boy, this is like well, you could have <laughs> just put an atom in here. You know that would have been enough. And but <laughs> it was more than atom, obviously, but it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it. Uh, well, you know what is coming out soon. Uh, is, uh, well, at, at least the, the announcement is uh, next week. Dr. Lisa Sue's going to take the stage to uh, announce Ryzen 7000, or yeah. I, I guess what, talk more about What's the date on it. that? I think, uh, is that Monday? Monday the 23rd? 20, 29th. No, 29th. We should look at the story yeah. to say what. Yes, 20, 29th. Yeah, so the other thing that people want to talk about, and that, so that Meteor Lake is real. They're talking about yeah. it, 2023. We hope we we have a piece from Mark Hockman going up about Meteor Lake tomorrow on PCWorld.com oh. too. By the way, so check that out. Oh, go. I definitely want to read it. There you go. Um, we for Ryzen seven thousand, we know there's going to be a stream for it. Adam's looking up the actual time and date. Yep. Let me double check. Four p.m. That. Pacific, uh, seven p.m. Eastern. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's always good. that way. Always so, during yeah. <laughs> dinner. Going to be a little later, but uh, we we will be doing something around it, so definitely uh, subscribe and, and be ready for, for that fun stuff. So. But have they confirmed, is there any actual hard information about Ryzen 7000? I Just a lot of don't teases, think right? there's been anything. Yeah, no. No, the, the press release just said, like, we're going to talk about the future of, um, you know. They don't even say it's Ryzen 7000, right? It could be uh, like. They say. No, I, I'm looking at the AMD.com thing. It says, uh, uh, Chair and CEO Dr. Lisa Su, CTO Mark Papermaster, and other AMD executive, executives will present details on the latest Zen 4 architecture that powers upcoming oh, okay. Ri- AMD Ryzen processors and the all-new AM5 platform. So, yeah. But you know what gets me about this time of year, though, is so clearly they're going to have a stream. They're going to talk about Zen 4. Uh, I love looking at the headlines because nobody, what we talked about earlier was real. Meteor Lake, all that stuff. Everything pretty much you're seeing reported is mostly just, we don't know. Uh, I'm looking at this headline, PC Gamer. <laughs> you absolutely shouldn't buy this Ryzen 7000 sample CPU. So I guess apparently somebody is selling a sample 7000 CPU. Who knows? I would buy it, frankly, <laughs> if I had the money. I, I would disregard that because <laughs> I yeah. would want it. Uh, also, uh, WCCF Tech, uh, AMD Ryzen 7000 Zen 4 3D CPU rumors, second gen vCache, early Zen 4 and Zen 4 vCache performance figures. This is largely based off of a slide from a Tom over at, uh, uh, gosh, at, uh, Moore's Law's Dead. Dead. Do you, I actually dropped that in. You want to show that off, Adam? Nope. What? Where'd, where'd you drop it? I thought I dropped it in, uh. Sorry. You. Oh, there it is. Oh, you you did give me slides. Oh, because I think there's slides. some really concrete stuff there that people should get super pumped about. All right, let me. I mean, there is put just this together. 
And by the way, yeah, but AMD hasn't actually said much of anything beyond what they've already announced at CES or E3 and stuff like that. Oh, you know, the other thing that I really love is I saw the headline yesterday that Ryzen 7000. No, no. The headline was Intel's in trouble. Raptor Lake is in serious trouble because, uh, you know, Intel's basically said, you know what? Things are expensive. We're raising prices. This headline said Ryzen 7000 will not follow Intel price increases. So that's that spells doom for 13th gen. And by the way, a story from two weeks ago said Ryzen 7000 will increase prices. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm showing the slide. So what is this slide? This is uh, Moore's Law is so Dead. So Moore's Law is uh, Dead. Well, uh, if you look at the slide on the stream, you can obviously see where the information comes from because, Tom, this is the... Um, this is the ultimate in watermarking. So, <laughs> yeah. you are not going to wow. you are not going to be uh, some uh, overseas uh, outlet and then remove the Moore's Laws dead stuff and just claim it as your own, you know, leak info. But uh, I'm I also say I was kind of joking a little bit because I, I think the information here is Zen. It says Zen benchmark overview. There's bench one, bench two, bench three, bench four. It literally says bench one, bench two, bench three, bench four, not Cinebench or he, Photoshop. Or- I actually watched this video yesterday or the day before, uh, and he was saying this is the Zen 4 info is coming from one of his uh, sources, and so he purposefully... Um, ah, so he know. obfuscated it. So yeah, that's then, the word. So, so he, made, he made the slide. It's not a leak. So he slide. made the slide. No, because okay. not a leak. Yeah. So, so that's actually pretty good, because I was like, uh, what are these benches? And and again, you know, you can pick this up. You go over and watch Moore's Law is Dead or, you know, uh, subscribe to the, the uh, his podcast. It looks pretty interesting because there there have been rumors of, you know, Zen 4 with Vcash. And if this information from Tom is correct, then the Vcash version looks like it should uh, definitely offer better clock performance over a vcash 5000 right yeah those two notes are worth noting though no it is very good yeah no it is actually because i was like what does this mean like i mean and this comes down to you have to trust the person that's giving you that information so if it's someone's just dropping yep. into a form somewhere you don't know where it's from uh Again, Tom's from Moore's Law is Dead. You have to look at the track record. Like, uh, has this person ever led me astray? How often have they led me astray? Uh, you know, the, some of these people, they just want to push out headlines just to get you to click on it. They don't care if anything's right or wrong. So, again, Tom is putting his own reputation at stake here with this information. So, you see what it, we'll see how it matches when the parts actually ship. But I, it looks to me like, you know, if correct, the VCash version looks like it's coming and should actually offer a nice clock uplift, right? I would be shocked if there's not a Vcash version at some point. Uh, I don't expect a Vcash version to be announced at this reveal thing Monday or Tuesday or whenever it's happening. Uh, I would expect it to be the vanilla versions right out of the gate. And then they would hold Vcash in reserve for in case Raptor League comes out swinging harder than they thought they did. Yeah. And I see. I sort of read in looking looking at Raptor Lake, kind of what I'm expecting. I think, and talking to Wendell last week too, because you know Intel, they want to win on performance because you know this is a whole efficiency thing that people scream about all the time. You don't care. You don't. You don't care. You say all. You say this all the time, but the vast majority of people who buy desktops don't don't care. They want to see bigger bars better. So if you're looking at eight plus eight performance cores plus 16 efficiency cores maybe some other 
you know, improvements because, you know, Alder Lake was the first of its kind. If the Raptor yep. Lake is an improvement. I sort of see Raptor Lake probably coming out on top for multi-threaded performance and actually being pretty damn fast and single-threaded. So, yeah, I, I, I guess you'd hold Vcash to see if you can do it. But I, I do think that, you know, the, the Vcash version really is only, it only really helped for gaming, you know. It really wasn't yep. the best buy for the vast majority of, of desktop applications, so... Yeah, I'm curious to see if it again gets limited to gaming next gen, if it even rolls out. I mean, they've never confirmed that they're doing Bcash again, but I definitely strongly suspect they will be. Yeah, and, and then I mean, public- put this out. Yeah, and publicly they've said like we're just gonna we're gonna do what makes sense. You know, we're not gonna yeah. we're not designing our products based on input from YouTube comments. You know, that that's just <laughs> not that's not how it's made. I know people wish it would. Uh, they're also not designing them based on press input because, believe me, you don't want to well, listen to what I what my advice for a product would be. You got to you got to well, do it based on your own. You know, I will say uh, AMD does sometimes listen to press advice because yeah. I remember we were watching that uh, show one time and they said we were listening to the full nerd and they asked for <laughs> our next gen Ryzen chip to be shown in action with our next gen Radeon GPU just to see how it flies. So here you go in the data presentation. So I'm just once again going to formally say this out loud. I really hope they show off Ryzen 7000 running an, on an RDNA 3 GPU in Borderlands 3 or some newer game, Saint Row. I would love to see that. Yeah, no, I mean, but that to me is, that is very much speaks to public presentation, which I, you know, because we are... I think we are actually pretty in tune with the communities and what people mm-hmm. get triggered by and the kind of stuff and excited by. So I, I think that's valuable. But I guess a lot of people sometimes think, oh, if you had just done this, if you zigged instead of zag, just like I said in my YouTube comment three years ago, I was like, that's that's <laughs> not really how it works. But you know, you you ended up being right. But that's there's way more that goes into it. So I, and that's what I'm. Oh saying. yeah. They, oh yeah. They have to do what they do. I do hope they do an RDNA 3 teaser as part of this. Like, I just opened up the page. It definitely, the headline says next-gen Ryzen chips. It's a short blurb that only talks about Ryzen. But having an RDNA 3 teaser at the end of that, because they have confirmed RDNA 3 is coming sometime this year. Uh, we're about to talk about NVIDIA after this. Uh, just putting it on people's radar during this event, I think, would be a cool move. That's what I expect, too. I think that's the that's the, you know... That's the surprise and delight that AMD is probably going to give us when when yeah. at this event because it makes sense. We'll see probably, you know, a fewer than half a dozen, far fewer than half a dozen, you know, parts. Uh, they will be performance parts. There'll be all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, it's going to be Gen Five. We know that, so I would expect mm. maybe some maybe some cool stuff out of that. And then SSDs. I hope there's SSDs because they said they've invested heavily to get. Because right now, like, uh, Elder Lake supports PCIe 5, but there are no PCIe 5 consumer SSDs out there. AMD made a big deal at Computex or something like that saying, we're going to be PCIe 5 and we're working real hard with SSD makers. And we've seen SSD makers come out and say, yeah, we're timing this for AMD's launch this fall. So I'm hoping we see some of that. To me, that's interesting, too, because Elder Lake has had Gen 5 for, well, hmm. it would be weird because you wouldn't get Gen 5 uh, yeah, I guess that's the problem. Is you wouldn't have enough lanes with Alder Lake, right? Because it's no, you could do Gen Five. Well, I forget if you can split off. Are there more than sixteen? God, I've got to look at the block maps. Are there more than sixteen Gen Five lanes? 
But I guess the I thing don't know do, off the top yeah. of my head. I'm just thinking, like, why aren't we seeing Intel sort of push this? Why haven't we seen a Gen 5 SSD at least demonstrated on Intel? And, it, and yep. I don't think I've seen that yet. So why oh. is everybody going to do AMD? Is it just... Well, that? could this be maybe a partnership with Microsoft? Hey, we're going to get on here. We're going to talk about Gen 5. We're going to talk about direct storage, things like that. You know, There you go. Yeah, that would be exciting, right? Because I thought I saw some kind of crazy gigabyte multi ssd gen 5 card you did oh yeah just, 60 gigs or something just got, saying? Just got yeah. announced to you yeah so 60 gigs i mean to me that's like telegraphing we're gonna see, it feels like we're gonna see that with any zen 4 yeah. stuff but to me it's like if you're intel you're like we've had gen 5 since all they're like what's up with that what do you want to talk about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. <laughs> i agree uh well uh I mean, obviously, they're going to talk about CPU stuff, you know, and they have already announced it. So hopefully we'll get we get more actual hard speeds and feeds. But I mean, we'll probably see perform some performance metrics. We'll probably see pricing. You think? Yeah, Uh, I would expect I would expect to see uh, everything. I don't think we'll see pricing. I think. Oh, because Blake's coming. I think you wait. I think. Yeah, I think pricing, they usually sit on a bit. I'm See, just, to me, when they have like a Computex event saying this is coming later this fall, they tend to sit on pricing. But this is the next-gen Ryzen event, which presumably these parts will be launching the same month or October at the latest. Uh, and I would think pricing would be part of the conversation there. It's got we'll to be soon. It's got to be I soon. I guess it could be. I mean, we uh, there is precedent for that. It makes sense. And yeah. really waiting, because, <clears throat> you know, Intel has its event coming up, right, on the mm-hmm. 29th. I forget. It's basically sort of rebranded IDF, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it would. Well, but uh, it, uh, yeah. It's, so, but but that's not like any indication that they're gonna. Oh yeah, for sure they're gonna talk about thirteenth gen there though. Yeah, there's no guarantee they are. Yeah. But if you're AMD, do you try to drop it on on any kind of news there, or do you wait and well? But you got to sell the thing, so they can't wait. So they mm-hmm. if they shoot, so AMD goes to Ryzen seven thousand. Say seventy nine fifty X is what seven hundred fifty dollars? Probably mm-hmm. makes sense. Seven fifty. Where does Intel go with thirteenth gen? Do they then like, hey, we're gonna announce thirteenth gen Raptor Lake? You know, twenty four cores. Look at the Cinebench number. Well, they'll never talk about Cinebench, but look at our multi. <laughs> <laughs> look at our uh, multi performance. Who knows? I, you know, no, I'm I I give it to Intel too. You have to you have to give it to Intel. They said, you know what? We don't believe in Cinebench because we just think that's just not what people run. We're just going to ignore it. They flat out like it doesn't exist. Same way that AMD pretends that Sysmark does not exist in any, you know, that's just, yep. that's just their, their thing. So, mm. uh, well, other than that, we do expect a little bit of price increase, right? What do you think? We, we, we've talked about this before, but I think, yeah. I think I, everyone's I think increasing prices. So like, I don't, I don't expect AMD to be any different to tell you the truth. 10%. I think it's going to be roughly 10% across the board. Uh, Elena so got chipped, the... I think the 5600 came out at 5600X came out at 300, I think, and people were upset about that. I think it's going to be 330 this time around, would be my guess. Mm. I still never understand why people are upset about that in, in a way, because it was just so much more performance. And this is like Core i5, 12 well, was awesome. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that because on the GPU side, when as things have crept up in price for you know each class of uh, GPU, uh, 
people were kind of outraged about that too. And we've, we've lamented that on the show. So I, I feel like it's a little, uh, incongruous for us on the CPU side to be like, eh, but also, but also complain about on the GPU side. So I think that, you know, it's understandable on both sides that people would be kind of like, Hey, like, what does it really mean for this to be a Ryzen three or a Ryzen five? If now the pricing is what used to be a Ryzen seven. So I, I can see why people are like, well, what is, what is what do these distinctions even mean anymore? If you're mm-hmm. shifting away from what it used to be. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I do think, every, I mean, everything is just going to go up in price. Motherboards crept up, CPUs are crept up. Um, I also, like cases, everything is just simply going up. But I think the one thing is like, I think the launch parts will be high-end parts, X parts. Yeah. So if you're talking about a Ryzen 9 with paired with whatever next-gen high-end <laughs> GPU with GDR5, and a high-end motherboard with a with a high-end ATX, you know, 3.0 PSU. There's nothing in that equation since I'm I'm going to be down in the budget. Like there's just simply. <laughs> well, so so Gordon says, hey, you know what? I'm already spending you know so, so much on a 5950X. Just just charge me fifty dollars more. I don't care. No, I I just think it's it's hard to like. Yeah, it's just part of that horrible thing that everything is more expensive. Bacon is more. Yeah. Everything is more expensive. Yeah. But I I do I, think it's unfair to sort of get super pissy about like these things that high-end enthusiast parts have never been cheaper and those are the ones they try to squeeze you and and all companies the way they function is we're going to try to squeeze you until you once you get out of the water then we'll then we'll think about (laughs) then we're going to think about like yeah we've gone too far but all Mm -hmm. for-profit companies exist to squeeze you for as much money as possible so I'm I'm really disappointed that all this different pandemic and inflation and all this stuff happened because I have been lamenting and sounding the warning alarm about graphics cards at least getting more expensive as time goes on. And you could measurably be like, hey, there's no significant differences. This generation is X more than this. Now a 70 class one's 500 and not $330. But I think prices on everything are going to go up this year. And those... Bigger economic issues, world issues, are going yep. to let companies easily raise prices. And they're yep. going to need to because of what it is. But it's going to make it very difficult to try to go back to that historical data to make your yeah. case. And I hate that. Also, it's probably <laughs> going to make it kind of difficult to, you know, hey, say in five years, if the economy's better, that they're going to go back. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay. We're, we're going to go back to the, the pre-pandemic the times, you know, like, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's it's easy to go up. It's harder to go down. I I don't know. To me, it's just like when I look at the performance, you know, like honestly, CPUs have not sort of CPUs have been pretty good. We have not seen the inflation we've seen in GPUs. A lot of that is just the situation with yep. GPUs. But the performance you got out of Core i5 Alder Lake was a K part was phenomenal, right? You were just getting. Mm-hmm. You buttloads of performance you'd never seen before in that class of processor at that price. And it felt like, come on, you know, it, it feels like some of the complaining is a little just too much. Well, he, he, here's, here's a good point from a friend of the show, Boria Zero. People were upset because the cheapest uh, six core went from Zen 2 3600 at $200 to Zen 3 5600X at $300. Uh, so yeah. a 50% price hike. I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, but I understand the outrage. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's 
I think it's more a question of like, is the full stack represented as equally as before? And the answer is no, because of, you know, pandemic constraints and where they had to focus their attention for the business. But if you don't give people the options that they are expecting, like I think most people, you know, as long as there's someone like us to explain like, okay, so really like your high end I3 is now your former mid tier I5 or whatever, like they're okay with it. They're like, okay, I get it. It feels weird because I'm used to identifying this with a different thing in my head. But as long as I'm getting the same performance that I was before at this price tier, I, I guess like I guess I get it. But the problem is that they, we just haven't had that segment represented as well in the past few years and so i think that's also why people are kind of itchy where they're like mm-hmm. look man i've been hanging on to this like first gen ryzen chip i've been wanting to upgrade it but now you're telling me my entry point is 300 dollars instead of 200 like what the heck right yep. so i, I do want to just make where sure a lot of it's coming from oh. yeah no and i just want to make sure the record is clear uh, ryzen 5 3600x through the never wrong wikipedia that i just found <laughs> launch price was 249 at the at the time, yeah. Boris Zier said the thirty six hundred, oh, the oh. non X version. Sorry, oh well, I was comparing the X versus X. Yep. So, anyway. and that was part of the issue that they didn't launch a non X version until a year and a half after, or whatever. It was two fifty to three hundred for the X parts. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't fly business class because I ain't paying thousand dollars <laughs> to fly. I, I'm sorry, the world is that way. When I get on a Southwest flight, I'm in. I'm like they squeeze you into the tightest possible seat ever, and you get on last, and you're always very last. When you're dead broke like me, you never, you don't, don't expect to get good service. I mean, I just sometimes I just think is like it's just always horrible. I'm, I'm just surprised because there's, there really is no change. Like maybe like oh my god, they somehow they screwed up and dropped a few extra crumbs, so you got something. But generally, when you're in the position most of us are in, they don't, they're not there to really, you're not the, you're not the tier one customer, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. I just think not, I'm third class, you know? So. You're not, but at the same time, like, again, when you set expectations a certain way, it's really hard for people to change their associations with it, right? Like, I mean, one of the reasons why AMD captured so many hearts in the beginning was because they're just like, look, it's a fire sale, y'all. Just like, we're just giving them away at these prices, basically, <laughs> you know? And so now that they're doing better, and obviously they're beholden to their shareholders, and like this is part of a, a long-term plan to not always be the underdog, uh, and they've, they've achieved that. But it's hard for people who are accustomed to getting like a little extra bonus to be like, oh, oh no, I, I really got to pay for this. Uh-huh. Like, And it's not, a, I mean, it's, Again, like I'm not vilifying anybody in this story. I just I think it's really understandable to see it from the different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, well, back to the the announcement uh, next week. Do you think uh, one more that we talked about this? But I want to hear Brad and Elena. Do, do we think one more thing will be a GPU? They're they're going to be like, oh, hey, by the way, here comes the new GPU. I think they're going to tease it in the game. I really hope they do that. I think they won't make any concrete announcements. I don't think they'll say. Radeon 3000 or 7000 series. I don't think they're going to give anything. They're just like, and here's the Ryzen 7950X running with our undisclosed high-end RDNA 3 GPU running at 8,000 frames a second. <laughs> yeah, and all cores hitting a certain core, right? I mean, it's, it, yeah. I, I can see that. Sorry, yeah, there's Lena, precedent go. for it. That's what they did with the RDNA 2, wasn't it? If I yeah. remember right? Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again either. All right, all right. But uh, it's not just AMD. 
AMD and Intel doing stuff, uh, we got some NVIDIA news, too, actually. Do we want to move on to that? Yeah, yeah, please. So speaking of next-gen GPUs, uh, NVIDIA just did its investor call yesterday, I think it was, sometime this week. Again, I've been on vacation, time is a blur. Uh, But just a couple little tidbits here, because I'm not going to wade too deeply into all the various rumors that have been flying around and shifting specs and stuff for the last several months. But... Basically, uh, Jensen Huang, NVIDIA's CEO, confirmed that they've made too much inventory of RTX 30 series. Uh, gaming demand has fallen off a cliff, even though it hasn't. It was crypto demand, obviously. Uh, and so he confirmed straight up that we're working to just, you know, try to get prices lower so we can fix our channel inventory kind of a deal. So... It's official straight from the horse's mouth. You know, prices are getting cheaper and they're working to get them cheaper to work through this stock because they also he also admitted that the next gen uh, GPU architecture. So the long rumored RTX 40 series is going to be shown in some way during his GTC keynote next month, September 20. So we'll that's the first official time that nvidia has ever mentioned they didn't say rtx 40 series but he did mention rtx and next gen architecture so lovelace gets unveiled on september 20 it sounds like mm. yeah. G- that's a that's kind of a weird place to do it gtc is not normally a place where you see g4s launches gtc is the graphics technology conference i forget something like that but it's for developers it's for business stuff it's for etc 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 uh, so with all the rumors saying they expect the 4090 to launch first, I wouldn't be surprised if they show off the 4090 doing some crazy stuff in creative applications, and that'll be our first glimpse at it rather mm. than gaming, mm. because it is GTC, and the 3090 is a beast. It's more of a consumer card for content creation with gaming on the side if you wanted it, and if they do indeed launch the 4090 first, I think that would fit into the GTC theme. Hmm. But, I mean, then how do you do the launch then? So if if he shows off 40 series there, 4,000 series there, when do you do the official gaming, here's all how awesome ray tracing, here's how awesome this thing is demo? I think typically NVIDIA has its own standalone events for the launch of a new GPU generation. So there's a standalone event for 10 series, 900 series, 20 series, all of those. So I wouldn't be surprised if he shows off the 4090 just absolutely crushing, smoking the 3090 or competitor cards at GTC next month, do some basic overview of kind of the stuff, and be like, we can't wait to show you a lot more, uh, including gaming results and the future of ray tracing performance and next-gen AI algorithms at our event (laughs) on October 15th or whatever. (laughs) It just feels like in October, though, right? They can't push it past October. So it feels like uh, unveil September sorta semi unveil, and then they got to do some kind of launch like before the traditional holiday sales of when people spend everything, right? So I would think at least the high end would come out this year, but uh, it sounds like they have a whole lot of GPUs <laughs> floating around. So who knows? It legitimately will probably be a business call at this point. But we know that RDNA three is launching this year. AMD has confirmed that, and I think. Nvidia will want to get ahead of that. So, so when when they talked about the uh, the the price cuts, whatever it was uh, a month ago, they they were very sure to say, "Oh, this is just a, a temporary price reduction." Uh, now they're mm-hmm. saying it's an official price reduction, or the numbers are going 
even more down. Uh, Sorry, I, I didn't read. I forget the exact phrasing, but they're working. They're reducing sell-in into the channel. They're working on price cuts with distributor partners and stuff like that to try to clear out the backlog, basically. Okay, okay. Because I remember, yeah, that that initial verbiage was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're doing temporary price cuts. This is awesome. You want to get in now because the price is going to go back up. Uh, yeah. But that's not the case. But they didn't say, I mean, they themselves. They didn't say it was going to go back up, but they did say it was a temporary price cut. They didn't well, say it was like an yeah, official. Well, they said, yeah, yeah, they said it's not an official price cut. Yeah. It's, not a, yeah. it's not an official price cut. Because prices gonna get lower, <laughs> like that price gets like everything must go twenty percent off. No, twenty five percent off this month. It just feels like it's got to go lower in some of these things because it's just like everything is just sort of it's is everything is just is is coming to a head all at once. Oversupply, right. you're running into a massive you know global recession possibly, and like like nobody's thinking about buying. It's just like the the prices have got to go lower, and then plus. The secondary markets are I, definitely probably what's killing everything. I think that's what's feeding everybody. It's just like there's just some of these huge abundance. It's just yep. the prices will it's, get lower, I think. I, it just feels like. And it's already kind of crazy that they're basically below below, below price on the high end because that's where it's going to launch. So they can't have those out yep. there messing with stuff. But it feels like yep. we were going to get to where 30s, 60s, 30s, 70s to like. Start cutting everything. Well, I, I think that, yeah, that, that's the pain point. A lot of people are saying that, yeah, the, the, the very top end is getting a lot of reduction. But when you when you go down to entry level, it's like, oh, yeah, the, you know, they're getting reduced a little bit, but not like a ton. Yeah, so, I yeah. tell you what, the Radeon 6600, if I was buying a graphics card today, that would probably be the graphics card I buy. That thing's been consistently on sale for about 260 Dang. and that's a great 1080p GPU. And that's about what it should have launched at. Like, that was my big complaint about that. Like, it was a fine graphics card. Like, it was a perfect follow-up to the uh, 5600 but XT. But uh, it was priced too high. It came out at 330 I think I want to say. But now you can consistently find them for 250 to 270 mm-hmm. Wow, that's nice. So. That's I mean, as much as we were saying prices are not going to go back to pre-pandemic times... <laughs> Getting a sixty six hundred performance for two hundred fifty dollars, that sounds pretty damn good to me. It did. The problem is we're looking at it through our Stockholm syndrome eyes. Cause, you know, a few <laughs> couple years ago, you'd be like, What do you mean I'm paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a ten eighty P GPU? And I think we still kind of have that. But to me, having a t- great because that's a great ten eighty P GPU, having that for two fifty, I find reasonable. Yeah. Three thirty seemed a little high. But we'll I mean well, isn't that like a because like thirty sixty was the classic pricing of a thirty sixty would have been two fifty ish, right? Yeah, and this yeah. is well above a ten sixty, but it's the same kind of class level of card. So I think that's actually surprisingly yep. reasonable, you know, at two fifty. Yep. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I what I'm interested to see is like if AMD doesn't like pick up a really large market share shift for AMD anyway. It just it just tells you the power of Nvidia. The branding of NVIDIA. People are like, you know what? I don't want a 6600 for... Even though that sounds like an incredible price at yeah. 250 3060s who are comparable to those are still going for closer to 400 Yeah. So. I mean, and, you know, but I mean, that's like a lot of people like, oh, I want GeForce, you know, I want the GeForce experience, all those kind of like... I, they're really green, right? So they're, Kuda. they live that way, and yeah. I, I get it. And But that to me is like... How does AMD overcome that? Because like here, are like sixty six hundred versus a thirty sixty, and just pure performance is like they ain't even a contest. 
but a lot yeah. of I bet you they still sell more 3060s than 6600s, oh, it feels like. I would not be surprised. I did find the quote that NVIDIA said about this, so I want to read this out loud real quick. Uh, it sounds like they are planning, which is kind of obvious, but they are planning to have 30 series and 40 series on the market at the same time, uh, which is always the case because you they tend to launch the high end first and then trickle down to the lower end. So there's always that migration period. But they're really talking about it out loud at this point. So I think they might expect to have some excess stock of even the high end cards around for a while. Uh, Jensen Wong said, Ampere is the most popular GPU we ever created. It's in the top 15 most popular gaming GPUs on Steam. It remains the best GPUs in the world. It'll be very successful for some time. However, we do have exciting new next generation coming, and it's going to be layered on top of that. And so we've taken, we've done two things. We've reduced sell-in to let channel inventory correct, and we've implemented programs with the partners to price position the products in the channel in preparation for our next generation. So that's hmm. what he said. So <laughs> clearly the high-end launches, and I actually I'm I'm unfamiliar with that reduced sell-in for, for to for channels. Somebody need to somebody want to chime in with the you know business school what the hell that means? <laughs> I mean, like, I, why can't they ever I just believe, speak plainly? Sometimes it'll depend on the exact talk of it, but basically that means because Nvidia sells the chips and the board packages. It sells it into the channels, the distributors, into AIBs. I would not be surprised if they put a hold on that. Yeah. So and like NVIDIA's, NVIDIA's eating whatever leftover 3080s it has rather than making EVGA and ASUS eat them. Yeah, but see, doesn't that make a lot more sense? Yeah, we're just stuck with yeah. these damn things. Like, Yeah. Well, I guess they can order, offer like a, a lower end tier for um, GeForce Now based on these. Like, they can just like, yeah. They can just fill up a data center with them and. Yeah. But that's the NVIDIA news. Sounds like we got all kinds of cool stuff coming very shortly from all the major PC companies. Yeah, when when does fall officially start? Is it uh are are, are we in uh, September? Yeah. Well, Madden just came out, so that's that's usually when the fall kicks off for me. So really, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something like Labor Day because you're not supposed to wear white. I don't some uh, kind yeah, of rule. I, I don't, don't even understand, understand that. that. But hey, Labor Day. What is that? Two weeks. So yeah, it's yeah, coming. September fifth. All right. Um, well, let's try to find a nice transition to this one. Asus had some other boards, and they want you to send them back. I don't know. Yeah. So they uh, <laughs> not really transition. We should. Um, oh, I should find the actual recall because it is actually important information. Let's find the CPSC recall. So originally, with the uh, Alder Lake launch, there was a new chipset. Uh, Asus had its Asus X670 Hero X690. Maximus Z690 Hero, which we haven't reviewed. We reviewed a higher-end version of that, the Z690 Maximus Extreme. Oh, so so it's only relegated to one specific model. Yeah. Yep, but Z690 Hero, there are about 10,000 motherboards affected. And they potentially overheat and catch fire. Uh, uh, 10 fires have been reported. Oh, 10? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, did it, you know, it's interesting because CPSC often, like, say, like, like if it's like, oh, yeah, it melted your case, that's one thing. Like, if it actually results in, did they say it started any external fires, I guess? No? Uh, ASUS Computer International has received 10 reports of the motherboards overheating and melting, but there have been no injuries reported. Ah. Uh, so, it, real quick, is this something they caught... And then, uh, like, uh, like fixed, 
and now they're just getting recalls because I'm still saying you, you can you can still buy the board on on Newegg. Does that mean they're going to stop selling it? I well, so uh, also let's just go off, uh, look it up. Uh, CPSC.gov has recalls. You should go there uh, and actually look at the recalls. And if you do, you will scare the hell out of yourself. <laughs> Ten thousand boards were built by Light On in Vietnam. They were sold at Best Buy, Micro Center, Newegg, and Amazon from October 2021 until December 2021 for about $600. So pretty large window of sales. It's a very expensive motherboard, high end. There's also a link. You can go to asus.com slash support slash ROG dash Maximus dash C690 dash hero dash checking to check your motherboard. I will say when I did the original Alder Lake review, I use this actual motherboard. Um, and, and if you if you look on your motherboard, I'm just going to tell people who are listening because it is very important for you to look and find this information. Uh, the recalled motherboards have part number nine zero M is in Mike B is in Bravo one eight E is in Echo. Oh, I hate zeros. Is that a zero or an O? That's I think a zero. It's a zero. That's a zero. M as yeah. in Mike V is in Victor A is in Alpha Alpha Yankee and maybe an O. Oscar zero. That's a zero. Is it a, yeah. Okay. That's why you don't use zeros and and models. That's the part. <laughs> well, I kind of like it. The end of it is a a y o a o a o. If you look on your main power connector, that is the big jumble of twenty four pins you plug into. There will be a sticker with the serial number. If it starts with M A M B and M C, uh, which indicates a manufacturer in twenty twenty one, you should definitely check on that firm's website. I took our original review motherboard for Alder Lake. I was like, well, it must be infected, right? Because whoever screwed up must have screwed this one up. I actually, just before the show started, I went and took a picture of it. It's not impacted. I'm actually kind of surprised because it was one of the things I know. I think Jay ran into it, right? Did Jay run into it? Somebody did. Somebody did. Yeah. So I think it was Jay. And the problem, of course, is a capacitor was put on backwards for a run of these motherboards. 10,000 of them, I guess. So that's, and that's what can cause the problem. So somebody screwed up in the machine or loaded the machine up wrong or programmed it in backwards and it put on the capacitors incorrectly. Yep. Which it, is obviously a big problem and you would hope it would get caught before 10,000 of them are made. Uh, that makes me wonder about the quality controls, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's because of the government being involved or something they were doing anyway, but they will just fully replace your board, send you a new one. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. If you have an issue with it, they'll swap it out right away. Yeah, and um, CPSC. I don't know if there's a Canadian version as well that has been issued, but they they sort of if it gets to the level where the CPSC does it, that means it it has caused you know there have been reports about fires which have been here ten of them so in the machine itself. Yeah. So they they're very serious about it. Same thing with you know NZXT, and it's a very slow process, and because companies don't yeah. want to like oh maybe. They're always looking for a way not to do it. Hopefully, it, you cross your finger. But once it gets to that point, they they take care of it. So you will get a Oh, replace. here we go. What? This call was conducted voluntarily by the company under CPSC's yeah. fast-track recall process. It's initiated by firms who commit to work with the CPSC to quickly announce to recall and remedy to protect consumers. Yeah, and most yeah. companies, they do it as a they vol- it's a voluntary yeah. recall. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's most a recall the for an light flashlight. Wait, so it sounds Most of the delay is coming from the government side of things, I believe, just that it takes a while to, I guess, go through the system. And this is what the quote unquote 
uh, fast track. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, also, I would like to point out uh, Asus North America is in the chat. Hello, I don't know who this is, uh, but it says the the recall it was specific to the Maximus Z sixteen ninety Hero and only applicable to twenty twenty one. All twenty twenty two motherboards are unaffected. Asus started our motherboard replacement program in twenty twenty one and coordinated with CSPC at the same time and submitted our CPSC fast track submission in early January. All uh, and they want to reiterate: all motherboards produced in 2022 are not affected. So, yeah. So if you go out and buy one today, it sounds like no problem. Well, I guess how do you, if you get old inventory, but I doubt you, you're mm-hmm. going to get them. So yeah, let me just check before good you info. install. Thanks, Asus. Yeah. Well, another thing is like typically when you do a recall, you you know it's like how oh, this this Trader Joe's potato has botulism or whatever. <laughs> like they don't like. I'll oh, let them sell it anyway. Well, the consumer will get the texts, or they'll figure it out because they go to the CPSC.gov every day, right now. They they the stores get the notification. They're like, this product is you know got metal mixed in it with a tuna. Pull it off the shelf. So you're if you're looking for this motherboard, you're safe to buy it today on the shelf, Ooh. right? Because Dewalt recalls 1.4 million miter saws because the safety guard can break off. Yep, oh, I saw that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Like well, you can actually rap- subscribe rap- to uh, these recall uh, notifications and I, I think, I don't know, me being me, I did this like maybe 10, 12 years ago and so every now and then I'll get these emails and like I saw that one. I was like, oh, no. Ooh, I hope <laughs> no one had to find that out the hard way. God, That's yikes. a bad one. Uh, so, Gordon, we, we talked about this when we talked about the uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, the power supply. What, what was the who made the power supply? That the gigabyte? Steve gigabyte power gigabyte? supply. Seven fifty. You know, you, you mentioned about mine. Yeah, you, you were like, hey, listen, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, what, what's the price that it would take for you to buy this Asus motherboard if you saw somebody on uh, listening on with a bad <laughs> on cap? eBay? Yeah. You know, the thing is, <laughs> I mean, if you get it for ten bucks, is it worth it? You know? I think if you're, because I mean, this is a very this is a beautiful motherboard. If you ever see this thing in a build, yeah. again, I have, I did Alder Lake review on it. Our board was not affected, even though that was clearly one of the very early motherboards. I really, I like, honestly, if somebody is selling it, well, one thing is if somebody's selling it to you for a couple hundred bucks and you know, again, if you go to the store today, you're not going to get a board that has the reverse caps. That was fixed long ago. Everything's been recalled. Clearly, it's already gone this far. If somebody's going to sell you, hey, I'm selling you to say Seuss board has a reverse cap. I don't want to deal with the reverse cap thing. I would take that board for, I mean, honestly, you two would, to three hundred dollars. Because you would that you much could return it. You could recall. Yeah, because oh, it's like, oh, oh you just okay. sold me a six hundred dollar motherboard. I can now go to Asus and go. To, they're going to replace it, or or you know, you're the kind of person that you just you know desolder and do it yourself. Honestly, but the thing is, there's a formal recall. That's like that's like giving me three hundred dollars. So what about proof of ownership? Um, yeah, it's a recall. This is like a safety a hazard. They want everything back. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Oh, Gordon's right. Because your your fear is the is like oh we told everybody to stop using this and you're uh-huh. still using it. You know we we want it back. It does. There are oftentimes um, manufacturers that do recalls. You got to do it re- within a realistic time. Like I wouldn't buy a reverse cap motherboard and like, Oh, I'm going to get this replaced 10 years from now. Cause it'll be like, uh, that that's over. I was like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have bought this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it now, right now, it's not a problem. And again, if you're getting it for $200, somebody's just giving you a $600 motherboard for $200. So I have something where it's actually, <laughs> he, has, he has a side business. I have like- a, no, I have a, <laughs> I have a defib device that I bought. <laughs> 
and it's like, hey, there's a recall in this. Oh, I'll just I'll just talk to like. Did you buy two and put the the box one in your? Closet? No, but I, I so I have one of those AEDs because it's like I've always wanted one. It was a good price. Oh, there's a recall. I'll just get it. Like, oh no, that recalls passed. It's like, what? You're just going to leave these bad units out there? Isn't that kind of risky, Phillips? And they're like, well, you know, look. If the light is blinking, it's fine. It's really when it sort of like starts screaming, that's when it could fail. But they they really wanted the things not to simply fail five minutes before you need to use it to resuscitate someone. So. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would also like to point out uh, Asus in the chat uh, mentions that we, we coordinated recalls with distribution and channel partners. While 10,000 were produced, not all 10,000 were in the hands of end users. They're saying uh, this was approximately 4,000 users uh, who had oh. it in their hands. Uh, yeah, so that's actually really good information to have because so people oftentimes they get freaked out because they think recalls are like, oh my God, it's a hand grenade floating around. Well, you know, it's been corrected. So, Also, I, I got to say that that is interesting, uh, you know, gives you a little peek of how many people are buying high-end uh, motherboards like this, right? You know, if they're saying they, they sold 4,000 between this this amount of time, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, they had like, they had like 15 different yeah, overlay boards. Yeah, of, of course, yeah. I, so. I was actually, I'm actually surprised it's, I mean, because if they basically... And again, remember, I the board that I have is not affected, and that was a board that was sent before Alder Lake was even released to anybody. So there's definitely been quite a... It's hard to make, to judge. Could it be a pre-production board? Maybe it's not a part of the official recall? I, I don't know. It looks completely... It looks retail to me, so hmm, I, can, I can't tell the difference. But I, I just think that you make a run, who knows what happens, machine got loaded wrong, robot went out yep. drinking with its robot buddies the night before, and the mm. caps went on backwards, and... I, I think Just it's some robot buddies out for a bender, but high end motherboards are generally very, very small in, in the old days. I, I think it's really changed these days. Cause like $600 is not a high end motherboard. That's like, yeah, that's a, that's a moderately high level high end motherboard, but that's not a high end motherboard. Yeah. We reviewed their 690 extreme and it was a thousand dollars. So Dude. the appetite people have for motherboards is, <laughs> it must be awesome because mm-hmm. for motherboard companies it's not exactly a high margin but i bet the margins are just wonderful on this high and people yeah. buy them i know i mean elena's yeah. making that face i'm not making any face I'm you're making the thousand dollar like... motherboard face aren't you no <laughs> no you're just you're trying to describe feelings to me that i don't have <laughs> interesting well yeah i mean hopefully quality assurance you know i mean th- that is still four thousand motherboards that got in hands of people yeah uh, you know so if you're watching the stream so. again go to the uh go to the cpsc go to the asus uh web page make sure your your motherboard is not part of that recall so and make sure that you don't uh install the 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 capacitors backwards oh crap we got uh chat we got the yeah. spam, oh, I hate spam and again anyway. just to point out again as was said earlier these are not out there anymore so you're going to go out and buy one perfectly safe now and they're great boards. This is obviously, you know, an unfortunate accident, but those are still great motherboards. I would not hesitate to buy one of them on store shelves. You know what makes them beautiful? So awesome, Brian? It's the RGB on it. The <laughs> RGB on the Hero board is like, oh. <laughs> I have the uh, the AMD version, the Dark Hero. So Does it have the entire have have fight VRM kind of like all lit up and no? Yeah, it's yeah, nice. It's just, oh. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, cool. Uh, let's let's get to some uh, Q and A. If you have a question right now and you're watching live, put it in the uh, in the chat and at PC World because that is the best way for me to to see it uh, scroll by, and I, I will hold on to it. If you're listening or watching this later, there's a link to our Discord. Go over there, awesome community. We have a channel where you can uh, put in questions, and I'll I'll get to those as well. Uh, and I do have some questions that are lined up. I actually, the the first one is from uh abhik gulati uh asks uh, gordon what's that super creepy prop behind you <laughs> oh that is um that's that, just adam <laughs> that's brad as superman are you really superman fan like no i mean but that doesn't mean you're a fan it just means Anyway, I this is Superman. Brad's face on Superman. About? I always does the right thing. He's a journalist, handsome. <clears throat> and also, parallels here. There you go. But also, people don't understand, <laughs> uh, this is in the mode of Superman right before he's going to go to bed because he's got his uh, underwear outside his jammies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, that's like a weird look. What's up uh, with that? So, while watching the beginning of the show, you, you'll see... Uh, what exactly it was uh, also i i've missed a couple super chats uh bory zero friend of the show bory zero gave us two uh pounds thank you so much always appreciate it said uh uh all it takes to get fifty dollars from gordon is to put the letter x on it when when we were talking about oh yeah just you know whatever tack more money onto it uh and then we got a uh, a uh, $20 super chat from Mike Quinton. Thank you so much. Uh, said this is a BB fees. So I, I think they're referring to BB my cat. So, yes, thank you. She she appreciates it. <laughs> uh, okay. To, so Thanks, Mike. To some questions. Uh, we had one uh, pop in before the show started, but I, I held on to it from CR Poll. <clears throat> I have a PC running Topaz AI video upscaling for personal use. Is it worth going to the ARC A380 from an RX 5000, or should I wait? The A380 is just within my budget. I would definitely wait. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, if you use Topaz products, I'm sure you, you see this the update schedule they're on. I would wait to see when they're, they actually say they've rolled in ARC support. So I would want to see. We actually have an A380 on the way in i'm i'm actually gonna i want to try it on topaz i love topaz um products because they do a lot of forward-looking stuff um, we can try something just to see how much faster it is on it it may not be fully implemented yet i mean they really feel it feels like they have to update for everybody you know you've got apple you've got nvidia you've got intel and you know no, i don't know if they really care too much about amd but they are they have their hands full but i would wait i definitely would not make any changes now and and also you've got you know 4000 although you're not probably going to be in the launch zone of the new parts immediately but we'll have to see what nvidia does too if uh intel's deep link i believe they're called yeah deep link tools work the way that intel is hyping them up to be it could be absolutely awesome at that Topaz AI scaling because Topaz tends to love Intel's different tools to begin with. Uh, but I agree with Gordon now at 100% weight, especially now, as Adam and Gordon both mentioned, they're starting to actually sell the A380 in the United States. So even though they're not doing really press sampling, like I said, I haven't got one, they're going to be in the hands of people soon, and they're probably going to be in the hands of people like you who want to use it for something like Topaz. So I would suggest looking for like the Intel subreddit soon maybe look for other reviews coming out dealing specifically with that before you spend your money just to make sure it's working as expected with all the issues Intel has had with drivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, 
I do want to point out, I, I mean, hopefully we'll see. And I know people are like, they want to trash on ARC. I mean, honestly, you can trash on ARC for the gaming stuff, but for the media handling stuff, that is probably where it's really going to really, really oh, give, yeah. give AMD and, and NVIDIA a run for money. So I, I think I think you need to think about it that way. Um, I mean, for now, you know, uh, NVIDIA could be like, oh, yeah, look, a- AV1 encoder support. You know, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe AV1, but for Topaz, yeah, yeah. For the, I'm just, I'm it's, just saying. it's different. But, you know, generally, I've done testing, you know, for a while with Topaz. I've sort of stopped because they move so fast. But, you know, CPU, doing its CPU stuff was like, oh, that's pretty cute. You know, look how much faster. Well, look how much faster Intel is over AMD. That's pretty cool. But, you know, you run it on the GPU and it's like, why am I even bothering? There's no point. Like, you would not want to do a five-hour video conversion on the CPU and then when you can do it on the GPU for in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we have a question from, uh, asked earlier from star Screamius, friend of the show said speculation question. Will Ethereum proof of stake happen in a month or so, or is this Lucy and the football trick all over again? Say that again. They're uh, wondering if proof of stake is really going to like really bust all the wheels off the mining wagon. I well, guess. it is actually right? going to happen. Is the question? Yeah, they, they they've been saying it's, it's going to happen. Sorry, I do think it is actually going to happen. They've been promising it for years, and so every time it's come up the last couple of years, we're like, we'll see when it happens. But they're like, it's happening. I think it was September fifteenth. They're like, it's happening in twenty days. We're starting to get it switched over now. So I think it is going to happen this time. Uh. I am not a crypto expert, but from everything I understand, that will make it much less appealing for GPU mining in the future. At this point, the wheels have already fallen off. I guess my question for the next time we go through a boom-bust cycle like this, because it feels like it's a thing that's just going to happen for a while now, uh, is whether this effectively kills off GPU mining, because Ethereum is the big GPU mining coin. And that's you convert that into Bitcoin, make your money or other coins Uh, or if it'll simply miners will pick up the torch somewhere else instead. There's already people talking about forking Ethereum to keep it GPU mining that fork of it. So which one winds up more popular in the future? Will other coins get picked up because people want to mine on GPUs like it's still hard to tell what's going to happen in the future. But I think that the merge will make mining much less appealing for Ethereum. <laughs> How do you make it any any much less appealing at this point? I mean, mm. like, at this <laughs> point, it's like, uh... It'll make it much more difficult, even... Yeah, if it's so much more difficult when it's not even appealing today for a lot of people, then that's good news for PC gamers. And de- I mean, you know, because we've done this so many times now, I wonder if... Like is is this really fine the last time? Like people are like you know what I'm I'm or is it just, is this going to build up to hyping and we're going to see it all over again in like three years? What That's was the last? Guess. What was the last time the it it blew up? Uh, 2017 ish. Yeah, two thousand so five years ago. So it's possible in 2028 they'll be doing this all over again, ruining everybody's fun. Right? Mm-hmm. I guess. I yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I hope not. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got a question from uh, somebody that, that you know, Gordon, uh, Gavin, uh, oh. who used to write for Maximum PC. Uh, he, he joined our Discord. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, he's had a, had a, a more, more like a discussion topic. Said uh, AM4 slash hopefully AM5 platform longevity helps reduced e waste. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I totally agree? agree with that. I, well, I mean, 
Yes and no. Nobody is taking a look. Comet Lake, pretty old. Previous two sockets ago, Intel, pretty old. Nobody's really throwing those in the garbage. You're just continuing to use them. They're perfectly fine, good machines to use. But yeah, I I, I like the, the the fact that you can take something further. Generally reduces the idea that it goes into into e waste. So I I am for that to be able to. And I honestly, I've argued that for a long time where you, oftentimes you get people who are into their efficiency thing, like, oh, the world should be forced to use laptops like this because you have a laptop that uses 15 or 20 watts instead of a desktop that uses 200, 300 watts, 400 watts. My argument is like, well, have you done the math because you have a desktop that may be, yes, when you are actively driving it really hard, which is very rare, is not efficient. But that desktop, I can service, the service license of that desktop could be more than a decade easily. Because, in fact, I could take the original ATX system I had and have upgraded it piecemeal over the years. So if you can take a desktop that is less efficient than a laptop and use it for far longer, um, isn't that better in in the end? Because you can't only consider the amount of power the device uses while actively um, being used, but also how much it took to make it. And when the laptop goes into e-waste, you get another laptop, you get another phone. That is not the same as taking your desktop and say, I'm going to use this AM4 motherboard, AM5 motherboard until 2028, upgrade little pieces. Like you could legitimately see desktops that will easily have 10 to 15 years on them. Nobody's using a 15 year old laptop. My uh, home desktop right here has hard drives in there, SSDs in there. Like, I just keep moving them. Like, they're a decade plus old, some of them, and I should probably get rid of them at this point. But that speaks to your point. Whereas I'm getting a new work laptop because my last one died. And it's not the whole thing that's broken, but the whole thing is freaking broken because of it. So it's just I'm sending it back, getting a new one. That whole thing's getting chucked in the trash. Yeah. Whereas if it's the motherboard or something in the laptop, obviously you have to do that. If it's the motherboard and my thing, I just swap out the thing. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. So that's why I think sometimes you get the sort of if efficiency well and use people are, I disagree with them because I think a desktop and the upgrading ability is, is, is worth it. Is far worth it. And, and if you ever do the math, it might actually be, you know, better for the world, as you can say. Or, of course, you could buy a framework laptop. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, 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 over on Discord, uh, Pyrocumulus uh, wants to build on that and say stagnation stagnation at quad-core 14 nanometer prevented e-waste because we didn't have a reason to upgrade in those dark times. Intel was the true ecosystem warrior. What do you think? <laughs> I wouldn't. Look, a lot of people like to bag on Intel for getting to that four-core, you know, barrier, that, that like, you know, like light speed barrier. Like, you, they could not break like, oh, Intel could not break four cores for consumers. I want to point out, Intel actively tried to push consumer six-core uh, 12 thread CPUs years and years before, right? They have been trying to push more cores because clearly Intel, they make money selling more cores. They they have actively pushed it going out to pay developers, sending out a lot of engineers to do the work across other software companies to support more threads. But in the end, it it kind of went nowhere. I mean, you know, developers ain't going to move. Developers ain't going to move. The world just never, it didn't matter. So why would it, if Intel had made an eight core CPU and it has well socket at the time, would it have changed anything? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And of course, 
if I were AMD, I'd say, well, the problem is you can't try to push $1,000 CPUs. You got to sell these things the way we do, which is really cheap. And now we're enabling it. So the changes finally happen. I think it's just a lot more nuanced than what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I will say that the person who made that joke should go work for Intel PR because that was a pretty good spin. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, finding value asks, uh, how will new Ryzen and R and RDNA three pair, or, or what? What do you expect that that pairing to be like? Such as the memory sharing from RDNA two. I would expect them to keep going down that path. I don't know what it's necessarily going to be, but between you know smart access memory and there are other things, uh, you know stuff like that. Obviously, we're seeing a lot more stuff in the laptop space with dynamic power sharing and boosting clock speeds one way or the other and stuff like that you don't need that as much in the desktop but it kind of gives you an idea of the kind of things that amd is looking at in all the amd systems <clears throat> and until this point it's been restricted largely to laptops where they have control over the whole design but i'd love to start seeing more stuff like that start to happen in the desktop space as well and we're already seeing they just started they don't call it uh radeon settings anymore radeon adrenaline edition they call it uh amd settings or something generic like it's that radeon software or something no it's not radeon it's it's, it's uh, not it's not radeon yeah. because they they specifically changed it i think it's just amd stuff. adrenaline amd adrenaline yeah because last year they started specifically working in cpu management stuff so i think we're going to see it getting even closer together oh it's a, a amd software adrenaline edition there you go. Boom. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, we got a question from uh, Adrian Foray. Uh, power draw in desktop is important in an ITX case builds. Uh, the deciding four factor sometimes in, in that can be the getting lower power and smaller slot GPUs. So would you say that AMD is a favor, favored in those ITX small four factor builds? Elena. Uh, Elena. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted by reading something. You have to repeat the question. I got caught. Uh, do, would you, the whole class. Would you say that uh, AMD is uh, favored in the ITX small form factor build community because of lower power draws and therefore lower heat? I don't think I'm enough of an expert to just say like, yes, definitively the small form factor community is this. I, I would say that just from casually lurking in, you know, the small form factor subreddit and just kind of keeping a, you know, an eye on that kind of content on YouTube, I would say that I don't know if people are necessarily tracking with that because of specifically of thermals. I think that a lot of it follows just the uh, zeitgeist where it, AMD is popular right now. I think it certainly helps AMD's case that if they can run cooler, you know, then it helps. But I think people tend to just buy what they want to buy is my impression of it. I don't I mean, there's definitely people who are like, yeah, I, I put something into a seven liter case. So they're, they're definitely paying attention to thermals. But more often than not, I don't. I don't feel like I'm reading a lot of posts where they're like, yeah, I was just like super focused on my thermals. I think they keep it in mind, but I don't think that's the, the end goal. I would say also I think a lot of small form factor cases these days are not as small as they used to be and can fit standard two-slot graphic cards at least. So I think it's less of a concern now than it used to be possibly. I think they're I think honestly my 
my take is that the the cases themselves are getting smaller or like more mm-hmm. average. Like I think in general, we've just trended down that way since, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about going back from to the nineties, right? Like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. But I think the design is just getting better and more efficient so that they're we're able to fit things like two and a half, I think even three sometimes slot cards into these like what 14 liter cases, which is kind of mind blowing. You think about it. If you started building in like early two thousands, late nineties era, where you're just like, you got this box and that's it. Yeah. I had that old, I forget what it was, Corsair 900D, I think it was. The huge, massive awesome We were talking box. about that yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wonder if AMD, speaking of AMD software, uh, the Radeon settings or Adrenaline Edition includes automatic undervolting uh, options. And I wonder if it, that it does, appeals yeah. to small form factor people. You know, I, I haven't looked into that. I've used it. Uh, I will say that the the auto over or the auto undervolt is not like very aggressive. It's very safe. Yeah. It'll like save you maybe one two C. Like it, you get a lot more yeah. bang for your buck if you go in there and tweak a little bit. So that um, makes sense. It's the yeah. same with auto overclocking. They're always yeah very hesitant. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will say, I mean, I, I've had I've had good. Uh, undervolting experiences with nvidia gps as well like <laughs> with a 3080 ti i was able to undervolt and say and like pull back like 10 degree c so you know nice. I, I think it's like uh, yeah i i personally wouldn't say like oh yeah amd is the clear winner because i think you know at least for a lot of these nvidia cards it's easy to undervolt as well so i think it just depends on what your build is what your budget is you know what yeah. your tolerance for heat is so I, yeah. I i don't i don't really think it's like oh yeah amd all the way I mean, I'm curious to see if that holds now. true next generation. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. all the rumors say that 40 series is going to be power hungry. Who knows? And AMD isn't. And I wonder if that'll be enough of a difference in the next generation. I can't wait for all this new stuff to launch. It's been a fun episode. Why not just use a normal full size case? Because we're not all you, Gordon. <laughs> I just if that's eliminate if that's a, if you're if that limits your capabilities. I'm just saying. It seems like. Maybe just. I love the idea of those ultra small boxes. What's his name? The freaking. What's he do? The YouTuber. He's an ultra Optum jack tech. guy. Yeah. Optum that tech, guy. Yeah. Like the little boxes he makes that just sits on the corner of his desk and just pumps out incredibly powerful stuff. Is yeah. like I would love that. And I'm a big. I'm a big fan. I love big honking air coolers. I love. You know, I have a full size case, but there's a lot of appeal to those little ITX cases. It's a fun challenge, too, right? Because it's not just because it's not I mean, I'm not trying to demean anything here. When you build something in a full size case, like it doesn't require a lot of thinking in the terms of like, I got to do it in this order. I have yeah. to put these particular parts together. I have to watch the temperatures in this manner. So it's actually like an extra like. Uh, self-imposed challenge to be like, okay, like I've got these constraints. It really is. I have to work with this as much as possible it really is. to make it all work and hit all these like check boxes on my list of things I want to achieve. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with having a honking, a big honking case and not having to worry about those things. But it's just like the choose your own adventure, right? Like I want to do this thing that makes me think in a different way. Versus it's like new game like, plus mode for yeah, and for, for, for audio listeners, uh, Gordon's face is uh, <laughs> going no, in, I, in many different directions. Uh, I will say, Gordon, it is true. <laughs> I have learned so much in the past, like almost a year, by by learning to build in small form factor. I've learned so much about not only build processes, but then also 
like tuning things once I'm I'm in the build that I never was like, eh, whatever, I'll just stick some stuff in a box and don't worry about it. Can throw more fans in yeah, there. I don't yeah. think about it later. So yeah, no, I I I uh, I don't mean to offend you, but I'm going to offend you because I just like <laughs> I I just think it, it's not to me that it just yeah it's cool that you've done this, but damn, you must have all kinds of extra time because I could just throw the stuff <laughs> in a big box and done. <laughs> you know, I got stuff to do. It's it's like I I really like the appeal of a little tiny two seater convertible. That's got no room in it too. That I have to like contort my body to get into, but I'm. It's just not for me. I just. And then, <laughs> well, just you know, I, I, some people like driving a coupe, man. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, Adrian Foray follows up and says that. Um, or is oh asking, my god! Did you say coupe? <laughs> Adam has wait. a coupe. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what kind of car, but it's like, oh my god! No, wait, do wait. I don't have a coupe. You I have a four door. Yeah. Willis has. Willis a coupe. has a coupe. Willis has has coupe, and it was like it's pretty bad. And then you like you want to get in the back seat, you pull the thing that the 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 seat slams forward, and you know it's like what the hell? I'm not getting in back. What am I in college? What the hell? Who buys a coupe? That's my feeling. It's like well, yeah, and it actually Willis, the perfect Willis buys. Coupe. This is the perfect example because I was like, dude, what's up with this coupe, man? What the? And Willis and is you're like, calling Willis out. He's not even here to Willis, defend himself. Willis was like. Well, look, the, it was a great idea when I was in college. It's like, yeah, and now you're going, oh, my God, I wish I bought a sedan, right? Or wha- something more than the coupe. So Mini ITX is the coupe. It is, yes, you can carry four passengers. Yes, there is a trunk. But let me tell you, the pain in the yeah, ass. And the thing is like, oh, and who's getting off? And I don't have to think of like, oh, who's getting off the first stop? Now, think about this now. Gordon's a station wagon. Think about this. I'm a station wagon person now. (laughs) Think of first stop is like, um, okay, who's going to get in the car? It's like, well, just get in your car. No, no. Because look, the first stop, I want to make everybody get out of the damn car just for you to get out. If you're getting out first, you're sitting in front. So, yes. Mini ITX is the coupe of cars. It's really cool when you're 18 or 19 or 22 in college. But when you know when you're going to lunch at work at your first job, all of your coworkers are going to dog your ass because you're driving a coupe. And hey, who's going to drive? Willis, you went. Oh hell, we're not taking Willis's car. Screw Willis's car. He's got a coupe. Oh man, that's what happens. That's what Mini ITX experience is exactly. Dang. This is, so this is from Gordon's perspective as a passenger. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he's made this all about himself. Yeah, of course. When you're driving that coupe, you're not sitting in the back seat. Well, yes. The best thing is like, oh, oh, hey, I can drive to lunch, and people are like, hell no, we're not taking your stupid ass coupe. That's what I was like. Well, I don't have to pay for. I don't have to pay for gas. Car now, but I'm just saying, people, the coupe is the mini ITX. I'm just saying, it's just not practical. It's a pain in the butt. And every like everybody's got like oh you know it's great I I put all my parts in then I undervolt my GPU and then I and then I then I have to set my fan curve so it doesn't overheat it's like what what the hell no no like, no 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 that is the no, mini no, no, ITX no 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 no, no, no. I'm sorry I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it you don't have to set the fan curves you don't have to undervolt it's all within perfectly you know operable uh, thermal ranges it's just like oh wow I can do more with less. 
you know, you, you, it's it's about optimizing. It's not you don't you don't have to in small form factors. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you're yeah. like, oh, I've learned. Why did you learn so much about tuning your builds? Did you turn? Did you tune your big? You don't have to tune big ass. Desktops. I mean, but that's the thing. You can like like, but that now that I now that I've learned how to undervolt, I've done that to my. 12900K and 3090Ti in my big ass desktop. Adam, I'm, so. I'm with you. It's the same way. Like, you know what, uh, Adam, you're the first stop. You're sitting in the front. <laughs> Willis is sitting in the farthest back behind the driver. Also, that's unfair to Willis. Oh, uh, actually, Lena will sit behind me because she's got the shorter legs. And you know, Coops, there's no damn leg room. I'm not gonna like move into the steering wheel. So no, yes, mini ITX, the coupe of PC car. building. Uh, what? I don't like this analogy. I'm just saying, if you have a manual transmission car, you're going to have to be closer to the steering wheel anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know how it is. Like I, Because I had a coupe. I've had coupes. I'm not that young anymore, but you had to like, <laughs> man, I got to slide up just so we can get your long ass legs behind me and you're not pushing into the seat and they're pushing into your back the whole ride to call it, you know, to school. You're like, man, can you just, or they're like, they have to like, their legs have to go into the middle because they don't fit. I, I just that is exactly Listen, coupe. I, I know your pain. I as a tall person, I've ridden in many coupe and had had a very bad experience, including uh, Wilson's car. Sorry, Wills. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I I don't have pain with a small form factor. I will say it's not a pain. It's actually fun. It's a luxury. So yeah, it's it's a different. Yeah. Any, this anyway, move is fun. Th- this, make, this, this makes me this think. move right. That is just like oh, I'm having so much fun. Where's that? This I this can't. makes me think. This makes me think that uh, for you know each each year we try to go for a new sponsorship, right? What McDonald's toilet paper? Uh, who I don't remember some of the other funds ones we've had in the past. Next year we, we need we need to get uh, Disney. Yes, we need to we get need to get a, a Toyota Supra sponsorship. That's what we're going after. <laughs> so do they still make the? They made a Celica. I think a Toyota Celica because yeah. the Supra is a sports car it is i and the back Wait, seats are for your one bag of groceries what you did you sell it would be a, you don't want to get would, sponsored by the toyota supra we go for i would a, totally a watch a, a mini itx build sponsored by that supra, supra as gordon just yells in the back you know let's, let's do a you know, let's do a build off let's just do a build off well, let's do mini itx build full-size build yeah. start the clock do the race Huh? So it's, like, it's a timing thing. I, it has oh, you're wait. Like, so you're one of those guys who pops into chat like, oh, "I could build this faster." We could do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> look, it's him. Yeah, it's been it him is. this whole it's time. He's, the mini. He's, he's been the trolling us. Coming from the coupe. The, house. the coupe is a car. It is a car. Yes, it's just a car that nobody actually wants to ride in, other than one person. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, and uh, no, Ruby Two, you do not just have to live with thermal throttle. Uh, my 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 things. Even before I was undervolting, learned how to undervolt. I was not thermal throttling. So uh, the cases are awesome nowadays. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. I, I'm sorry. I just, yeah lost lost track of chat here. <laughs> we got a uh, we got a couple super chats. I'll, I will cover those. Uh, Mike Quinton gave us thirty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Always appreciated. Never required, but always appreciated. Uh, it's asking since the Samsung nine ninety M dot three Pro is due out. I think they. I think they're in M.2. Uh, yeah. Outside of video rendering and machine learning, who is this for? Will PCIe 5 sell in a big way or become a niche for for uh, SSDs specifically? It'll oh, become it's... the new norm. In four in a... years. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the real answer. Like what he said, outside of 
video rendering and machine learning like that that Samsung 990 is still a PCIe 4 drive it's not even PCI 5 and it's very 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 fast like there's no practical consumer use for it unless you're doing like moving crazy amounts of large media files around but like we talked about on the show a bunch of times like good technology marching onward is good like in the future this will become the new norm you know as direct storage starts rolling out maybe it does make a difference just everything getting faster and better is good and if you are making crazy big videos right now then you'll love the extra speed set that provides yeah i would hope that as as we now have you know gen 4 is pretty pretty mainstream everywhere i would hope that i still feel there's a file system issue going on it's just not you know because you remember raid SSDs are essentially RAID, right? Because you're just splitting up more and more channels. And it's just very few things in our existence use all those channels. So I I would hope that maybe there's something that changes where it's like, it's really awesome to have it for everyday use, but uh, I I don't know. So maybe just being more available would be good. That'll be in Windows 12 when it's the good release. seven. (laughs) The the good release. Yeah, it will be. 12. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. It's every every other one. The uh- yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, a uh, couple more, then we will get out of here. Uh, Starscream, friend, friend of, of the show, Starscream, is asking, uh, how cheap does the 3090 Ti need to be before it will be a better price to performance GPU uh, than the legendary 1080 Ti? <laughs> Notice that they didn't compare to the 2080 Ti. It's never going to happen. <laughs> It'll never get low enough. Well, what are they at now? What are 1090 Ti or 3090 Ti? Uh, officially 1300, I think, right? Yeah, you can find some for around 13, most around 15. At one point, freaking EVGA knocked $1,000 off the tie end one. You could get it for, I think, 1150 $1, Yeah, $1,100 yeah. around there. So, at this point, it still doesn't beat, I think, the 1080 Ti. No. But. Yeah, yeah it feels like. That's a funny question. It would have to be nine hundred dollars. Do you think nine hundred is like stupid? Yeah, but then the problem is going to be nine hundred dollars is going to be a good price, and then the forty seventy is going to come out at CES, and it's going to cost five hundred dollars and have the same performance. Yeah, so that's the (laughs) no, that's the big problem. It's too late for the thirty ninety Ti. Yeah, it's it's hard to advocate for buying it, especially for. But you know, does but where does it go? Because there's a. I mean, you got to sell them to somebody. Yeah. You got to sell them to somebody. Do you then? Can you push? Can it? Can they really have that? Push the rest of the the lineup lower in cost because it puts pressure on everything. It feels like they just have to like blow them out at nine hundred dollars now just to get rid of them because you can't have them because they're going to try to keep the lower end around till the newer newer cards at the lower end come out. And you can't have a thirty ninety Ti sticking around at eight hundred dollars because no one's going to buy a thirty seventy, right? Yeah, I think what's left in the channel will continue to drop in price. And as Jensen said, they're going to reduce selling into the channel. I have a feeling that those 3090 TIs they were building like crazy because all the miners wanted them are going to be some of the ones that they eat. Hmm. Interesting. Hang on one second. I'm going to take this call. Oh, he's got a call. Uh, well, I, I will read Super Chats. Uh, J.W. Dickinson uh, gave us a $2 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, breaking news. 
uh, breaking news, old man yells at cloud. Uh, yes, that is very true. Uh, and uh, a friend of the show, uh, John Doe KCK, oh, so nice to know how to, to say their name, uh, gave us $2 super chat, said, this stream sponsored by me, who drives a Mercedes coupe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, uh, thank you so much. Maybe it's good that Gordon's on his call. <laughs> yeah, yep. Sorry. Uh, welcome back. Uh, um, do you need to step away? Or you, no, no, no. no, okay. no was, we're, uh, we're almost I done. thought maybe it was like a, somebody like, hey. We got some breaking news for you, Gordon. Got some good, no, nothing like that. Okay. It was probably like, it, they, like, hey, where's that 20 bucks? It wasn't the BMW uh, sponsorship calling us up for their new coupe. No. <laughs> uh, somebody did say in the chat that uh, they, they, they're, they're smart by getting a coupe because then they don't have to drive people around. Yeah, that's so, what you so always tell you. I had yeah. a Volkswagen coupe. Believe me, no. The people did not want to ride with me because that thing had no, no leg room, nothing. Maybe that's the point. I tell you what, as a dude who lifts weights and stuff, I used to have an SUV. People used to ask me to help them move all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since I got divorced and the car I got myself was a little Hyundai Accent, nobody asked me to move anymore, and it's great. No, it's just like I had a, I had a pickup for a while, and you know the people, you know how it always starts off? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I haven't talked to you in, I don't know, nine, 12 months. Hey, you still got that truck? It's like, God, man, why don't you just like ask me? Kind of like, you know, like, because you, you just, if you know, you say, yes, I still have that truck. Yeah. That, you know, exactly what they want to do. Uh, also, I have an actual, I mean, do you, I don't know if you saw this earlier, David Richards, PSU prices are low. Is this due to new ATX 3.0 coming? Oh, um, no, just basically there, there's an oversupply of power supplies, honestly. And I understand. They are just stacking up, stacking up. So um, they, you are going to see awesome prices on power supplies. And yes, ATX 3.0 is also coming, but I don't think that's why prices are so low. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, we should get out of here. There's so many great great questions. Thank you so much. Uh, Did you I, get those super chats? I, yeah, I, I got a super chat from Joe Hornacy. Uh, $5. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. said, you guys always make me laugh. Uh, and yeah, the one from uh, John Dodeck? Yeah, yeah, John Doe KCK. Yes, I did. Oh, uh, cool? And then, uh, so I'm, I'm going to finish off with a, a fun question. Uh, if I can find it, I should have. Okay, here we go. Liquidar. Friend of the show, Liquidar. Best breakfast plate combo. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah. What? What? If if you had a favorite breakfast plate combo, what would be on there? Eggs? Are they scrambled omelet over easy? The meat? Is it bacon, sausage, ham? Uh, carbs? Do you go toast, waffles, pancakes, hash browns, something else? So what's what's the ultimate breakfast plate? You go to Denny's, you order a breakfast plate. Oh, well, we have to go Denny's because that's a different strategy. You know, I hop. Well, yeah, like if I hop Waffle my, House, my where wherever you go, is, is I hop. I would do the meat lovers. So you, it'd be it'd be link sausage, hash browns, and then like you always get pancakes. They give you pancakes with like the napkins, so it would be pancakes, right? Extra serving of of, of sausage <laughs> and eggs because it's always disappointing at most of those places. Scrambled, you can't screw scrambled up. Yeah. Hey. Breakfast is a hard question for me because I don't love sweets. I don't love breads for the most part. And just the smell of eggs makes me puke. But I'm from the South and I have the true answer. And it is biscuits covered in sausage gravy next to a big ass ham steak. That's all you need. Just give me that every day of my life. I will have a heart attack in two months and I will die happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
but for me, my go-to, one of my favorite places in Oakland has an awesome breakfast. It's like a Creole place. Uh, biscuits and gravy with an egg on top. Yep. That's, yeah. that's I my... wish I liked eggs. Like, I understand that would make it so much better, but I just can't do it. I, I wouldn't say it's so much better, but it, it, it adds a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um. Do I get to combine things, or do I have do you, to go? Do off whatever the whoa, you want. What, what is your? Oh, yeah. Yes. What, what is Movie your? <laughs> no. What, what, is, what is your your love? Your favorite breakfast? Because like I will eat two breakfasts if I have to go off the menu specifically. No, please do. <laughs> but for me, it's a corned beef hash and mm, eggs Benedict. So if I could okay. just get that all yeah. like in one serving. Hash. Yeah, eggs Benedict. Yeah, yeah. I love eggs Benedict too. But what is? I just can. I can never get the like. Really, you put a little like sauce on there, and there's like suddenly adds four dollars to it. What's up with that? <laughs> the eggs Benedict is like this is not nine dollars for this. This is just well, not just nine dollars. Bro, just just look at it, it like an X. Well, it's I, uh, eggs Benedict with an X at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Eggs Benedict with because the- they were making the joke earlier that throwing the X at the end yeah. of the AMD chip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I understood the callback. Yep, nope, no, but the hollandaise go. sauce, like, is it that expensive? Is it something uh, hey, like hollandaise sauce? Five dollars for a quart. Good hollandaise sauce is hard to make. Good hollandaise sauce is hard to make. Come so I, I think it's worth it. It's uh, just squeeze that out so, of the chemical yeah. plant. Gordon, Gordon says, "Hey, add fifty dollars more to my." My CPU, whatever, I don't care, but I ain't paying for that holiday sauce. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but that's to me, it's like, come on. Like, I would, I would definitely think, well, I mean, 3600 versus 3600X, yeah, not a big deal. 5950X, that, that's a real X. That's how Gordon was like, I'm not paying $4 for that, but sure, I'll pay an extra $100. No, but come on, look, I like it. Look, I can see 5950X, 16 cores, 5900X. There was, there was just simply, when they came out, zero things that, there was no equivalent of those products anywhere in the entire yeah. universe, right? <laughs> Eggs so, Benedict so, so, is is an egg. You poached it. You, you poured this Benedict thing out of this that hollandaise sauce, man. Yeah, they. You know that that hollandaise sauce. It came out of a Cisco can that was a gallon. They they <laughs> cranked it open. They poured that on top of a poached egg, and then that muffin that they give you for free with the other stuff. They put that on top of the muffin, and that's eight dollars. Well, Come on, where, where be, is the X too. here? Yeah, I got you. I fifty. 3600X? Uh, okay, well, actually, there was no... So, 3600 versus 3600 Okay, that's fair. But So, $9. Would you rather have Eggs Benedict with holiday sauce or avocado toast? Ooh. Wait, what? Would, for your $9, would you rather have Eggs Benedict with holiday sauce or avocado toast? They're both, they're both equivalent <laughs> ripoffs. I would probably do the avocado toast oh. because I know that avocado... What? what? Because the avocado toast... You know, like an avocado, like they have armed guards and and barbed wire around the, the, the farms in San Diego because like, don't steal our avocados. That's like, OK, that's really expensive to grow. It's like, it's worth like the the cost of the that avocado. That's five nanometer TSMC. OK, hollandaise <laughs> sauce. That is like, I don't know. They Tell they make it comes in without telling the global you never cook. <laughs> They they deliver yes, that yes. in no, a big tanker. Good job, Lena. You know, like one of those big giant tankers, <laughs> and then you're just gonna pour it into the bread. That's there's nothing special about hollandaise Ooh, sauce. I'm sorry. Okay. There's not there is not eight dollars of value in that. All right. All right. Well, uh, there's nothing special about this outro. Let's uh, let's take us out of here, Gordon. <laughs> I gotta find my I'm notes. hungry. <laughs> Can we go get some hollandaise sauce?
Yeah, more. Oh, I lost all my notes. Hang we, on. Oh, no, no worries. We we actually had some people in the chat who didn't know what uh uh what was it uh eggs Benedict was. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a poached egg with just some generic sauce they put on it on the free muffin and they overcharge you for it and then sometimes it comes with ham which makes it like perfect yeah, the ham's good yeah okay the ham is there i get it but that ham by itself <laughs> is not no there's nothing that it there's just some kind of weird i'm gonna open up an egg i'm gonna open up a hollandaise but you just serve it but it's like super cheap i'm gonna disrupt them i'm gonna sell that for three dollars just a mess That's what he's going to pitch to VC funding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got, on Shark Tank, you're like, what the hell? Like, how'd this guy get in here? What? Security! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> really? You want to undersell the eggs Benedict because you're angry that they overcharge? Really? Yes. Yeah. Security! The whole pitch is Ed's Benedict, but $3. That's it? That's the question? <laughs> You know, but Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban would buy into it. He's like, oh, he these prescription would. drugs are too high. I'm going to sell them for $2, right? <laughs> and you'll get eggs Benedict with your prescription drugs. <laughs> Mark Cuban would do that. He's got billions of dollars from selling. Yeah, he'll, he'll do anything. Great way to use your billions of dollars <laughs> to subsidize us in medicine and hollandaise sauce. I'm yes. totally on board with this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've gone off the rails, folks. Yes. Uh, let's get out of here. Check back next week for your freaks of PC and food talk on the full nerd for audio <laughs> listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify or stitcher and if you're on one of the surfaces please leave a review every time you do four of your co-workers trying to cram into your tiny little toyota coupe and then they just give you a hard time all through lunch and for the next hour after lunch same questions and comments of the full nerd i'm gordon Ung with brad charkas thanks bc jester Appreciate that. <laughs> Eleni? You can't take my hollandaise sauce from me. I was just thinking how much it costs. And Adam Patrick. <laughs> uh, 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 Santio Joshua Torre says hollandaise sauce is 3D Vcash of the food world. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Like we'll see you later. Bye. I need to find out what is in hollandaise sauce. Butter. Well, that's real Hyundai sauce.